0: Chapter Four, Part Two of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book Three, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Philip Edward Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Five, six, seven. When Jesus therefore lifted up his eyes and saw that a great company cometh unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him A lesson most excellent did Christ again devise for his disciples, and fittest for the most holy men, both persuading them in utter straits to overcome cowardice in respect of hospitality, and to cast far away hesitation hereto. Rather with more zealous motions to attain unto the virtue thereof. For what is there greater than this among those who know and will the things whereby it befitteth to purchase unto themselves the friendship from above? For when no small crowd cometh to him, and an innumerable multitude is pouring forth like waters upon the parts wherein he was stopping, he immediately ordered them to make preparations for feeding them. And, in truth, it was not unlikely that the zeal even of a very rich man would numb by the multitude of those he saw, startled into fear of not being able to be hospitable. But Christ shows that it is nothing at all great when our brotherly love comes to a few, but wills that we should overcome with manful courage also things that surpass our expectation firmly grounded by confidence in him to boldness and to all good things in regard then of the narrative the force of what is said aims not away from the mark but changing again these things unto their spiritual significance and cutting away the gross typical dress we say more openly that those who by good zeal and faith seek him god forebeholdeth as from a mountain that is from his high and god befitting foreknowledge according to that which is said by paul for whom he did foreknow and predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son these he also called christ then lifts up his eyes as showing that they who love him are worthy of the divine gaze even as in blessing it was said to israel the lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace BUT NOT BY THE MERE LOOKING ON THEM IS HIS GRACE TOWARD THEM THAT HONOR HIM BOUNDED. BUT THE BLESSED EVANGELIST, ADDING SOMETHING MORE, SHOWS THAT THE LORD WAS NOT UNMINDFUL OF THE MULTITUDES, BUT WELL PREPARED FOR THEIR FOOD AND ENTERTAINMENT, THAT HEREBY AGAIN THOU MAYEST UNDERSTAND THAT WHICH IS DELIVERED US IN PROVERBS, THE LORD WILL NOT SUFFER THE RIGHTEOUS SOUL TO FAMISH. For he sets before them himself, as bread from heaven, and will nourish the souls of them that fear him, and prepareth all things sufficient to them for sustenance, as he saith in the Psalms, Thou preparest their food, for thus is thy provision. And Christ himself somewhere saith, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that cometh to me shall never hunger. For he will give, as we said before, food from heaven, and will richly bestow the manifold grace of the Spirit. He prepareth moreover to give food to them that come to him, not even awaiting their asking. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but he forcometh us in reaching forth those things which preserve us unto eternal life. He saith then unto Philip, whence shall we buy bread we must needs see why to philip although the rest of the disciples were standing by and cleaving to him philip then was a questioner and apt to learn but not over quick and ready power of understanding the more divine this you will learn if you consider with yourself that he after having followed the saviour for a long time and gathered manifold lessons concerning his godhead had got into himself apprehension through both deeds and words as though he had learnt nothing yet in the last times of the economy says to jesus lord show us the father and it suffices us but as saying it in his simplicity he was fitly reinstructed so long time i am with you and hast thou not known me philip saith christ therefore as to one dollar of understanding and advancing more slowly than he ought to the apprehension of things more divine he puts forth a question exercising the disciple in faith for this is one meaning of to prove him in this passage although as the blessed evangelist affirmed he himself knew what he would do but his saying whence shall we buy proves the uncare for money of them that were with him and their voluntary poverty for god's sake in that they had not even wherewithal to buy necessary food together with this he works something and orders it skilfully, for he says whence not emptily as to those who had taken no trouble to provide anything at all but as to those who are accustomed to entire uncare for money excluding then and cutting short most skilfully expectation arising from money he well-nigh persuades them to go on to entreat the lord that he would if he willeth them when they have nothing to feed those that come to him by his unspeakable power and god befitting might create food for this was what yet remained and he was calling them at length to see that their only remaining hopes were thence according to the greek poets the iron wound of necessity two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little feebly again does philip advance not to the power of jesus to do all things and that easily but on hearing whence shall we buy said to prove him forthwith he catches at it and looks at the means by money alone not conceiving that the nature of the thing may be accomplished otherwise than by the common law and that practised by all to wit prodigality of expenditure therefore as far as regards the disciples uncare for money and their possessing nothing and philip's own apprehension which did not as yet with perfect clearness view the exceeding dignity of our saviour liberality towards the multitudes is turned into an impossibility but it was not so the will of the saviour conducts it to its completion the impossible with men is possible with god and the divine power proves on all sides superior to the natural order of things with us strong to accomplish all things wondrously, even what overleap our understanding. 8, 9, 10. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Jesus saith, he both thinks and reasons akin to philip and is convicted of having a kindred apprehension of the saviour christ for neither considering the power nor yet led by the greatness of his preceding works unto jesus being able for all things and that most easily he points out what the lad has but is evidently weak in faith for what are these he says among so many albeit for we must say it in no unready way but resolutely rather ought he to go forth to the memory of those things which had been already miraculously wrought and to consider that it was a work by no means strange or foreign from him who had transformed into wine the nature of water had healed the palsied and driven away so great an infirmity by one word that he i say should create food of that which had no being, and multiply divinely the exceeding little that was found ready to hand. For the authority that wrought in the one, how should it not be able to work in the other? Wherefore the pair of disciples answered more feebly than was meet. But herein we must consider this again. For those things which appear to have been little falls in the saints are oftentimes not without their share of profit, but have something wrapped up with them, helpful to the nature of that in regard to which is the charge of their apparent infirmity. For the above-mentioned holy disciples have been considered, and openly said, 1. That two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one may take a little, the other of the five loaves and two little fishes that what are these among so many raise the marvel to its height and to make the might of the saviour most marked indicating by their own words the multitude that but now was to be filled and the strength of their unbelief is converted into good testimony unto christ for in that they confessed that so large money would not suffice the multitude for even a slight enjoyment by this very thing do they crown the ineffable might of the host when he while there was nothing for as andrew says what were the lad's supplies among so many very richly outdid his work of love towards the multitude the like littleness of faith we shall find in the wilderness in the all-wise moses too for they of israel were weeping and excited to a foul lusting after the tables of egypt were picturing to themselves unclean dishes of flesh and turning aside after most strange pleasure of onions and garlic and the like unseemly things and disregarding the divine good things were attacking moses their mediator and leader but god was not ignorant for what the multitude were eagerly groaning and promised to give them flesh but since the promise of liberality was made in the wilderness and the thing appeared hard of accomplishment as regards man's understanding moses came to him crying out the people among whom i am are six hundred thousand footmen and thou saidest i will give them flesh and they shall eat a whole month. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them, and shall it suffice them? And what said God to these things? Will the Lord's hand suffice not? For unto what can God be powerless? Therefore one may well say to the words of Philip and Andrew also, Will the Lord's hand suffice not? and let us too taking the nature of the thing by way of example hold that littleness of faith is the worst of sicknesses and surpasses all evil and if god work or promise to do be it full surely received in simple faith and let not the deity be accused from our inability to conceive how what is above us shall happen by reason of our own powerlessness unto aught for it becomes the good and sober-minded and him that hath his reason sound to consider this too in his mind how the bodily eye too sees not surely as far as one would like but as far as it can and as the limit of our nature permits for the things that are situated at too great a height it cannot distinguish even if it imagined them with difficulty snatching even the slightest view of them So do thou conceive of the mind of man also, so far as the bounds given it by its maker it attaineth and stretcheth forth, even if it be wholly purified. For it will see none of those things that are beyond, but will give way, even against its will, to what is above nature, wholly unable to grasp them. The things, then, that are above us are received by faith, and not by investigation and as he that so believes is admired so he that falls into the contrary is by no means free from blame and this will the saviour himself testify saying he that believeth on the son is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already now having once taken up the discourse upon the duty of not mistrusting god come let us again showing forth somewhat out of the sacred writings put it forward and blazon forth the punishment of the unbelief for the profit of our readers therefore for i will go again to the hierophant moses he was once bidden in the wilderness when the people were oppressed with intolerable thirst to take aaron and smite the rock with his rod that it might gush forth fountains of water but he not wholly believing the words of him who bade him but faint-hearted by reason of human nature saith hear now ye rebels must we fetch ye water out of this rock and moses lifted up his hand and with his rod he smote the rock once and again and much water came out and the lord spake unto moses and aaron because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Is it not hence clear to every one how bitter the wages of unbelief? And if Moses so great as he was, was reproved, whom shall God spare? Upon whom will not he who thus respecteth not persons inflict his wrath for their unbelief? since he would not spare even that moses to whom he had said i know thee above all and thou didst find grace in my sight make the men sit down and there was much grass in the place the men therefore sat down in number about five thousand the saviour practised his accustomed gentleness and takes away the sharpness of his reproaches for he doth not rebuke bitterly his disciples, albeit they were deeply slumbering in respect of their faint-heartedness and littleness of faith in him. But rather he leads them by his deeds to the apprehension of the things which as yet they believe not. For the words, Make the men sit down, have no slight force, and well-nigh show Jesus speaking after this sort, O slow to understand my power, and to perceive who it is that speaketh, make the men sit down, that ye may see them filled with the nothing that lies before you and marvel. Make the men sit down, for it is what is lacking to them. For not two hundred pence would have sufficed to get means of life for the multitudes, but the lack of money such as men use in respect of its being able to preserve life my power shall attain which calleth all things into being and create out of things which are not nor did elias the prophet render the widow's cruse of oil unfailing and make the barrel the source of unwasting food but he who gave him the power shall he not be able to multiply nothing and to render any mere chance supply a fount of his ineffable bounty, and the principle and root of unlooked-for grace? It is not incredible that such were Christ's thoughts in what he said. Profitably doth the blessed evangelist mention that there was much grass in the place, showing that the country was fit for the men to sit down in. But observe how, whereas the multitude of them that were fed was promiscuous and that women were there with their children he numbered the men only following i suppose the custom of the law for god commanded the hierophant moses saying, take ye the sum of all the congregation of the children of israel after their families by the house of their fathers with the number of their names by their poles every male from twenty years old and upwards the prophet did as he was commanded and collected a great list of names and is seen to have completely passed over females in childhood and enrolls the multitude that are of full age for honourable in the book of god too is all that is manly and vigorous and not what is infantile in purpose after good things Therefore did he honour the custom of the law also herein, and form again some spiritual conception. For shall not we with reason say, if we look to the whole mind of the passage, that the violent and vainglorious people of the Jews Christ rightly turns away from and leaves, but receives very graciously them that come to him, and fattens them with heavenly food, reaching them the spiritual bread, which strengthened man's heart. For he feedeth them not sadly, but joyously and freely, and with much enjoyment and piety. For this the reclining of the multitudes on the grass signified, so that now too it is fit that each one to whom such grace has been vouchsafed should say that in the Psalms The Lord is my shepherd, and naught shall fail me. In a grassy spot there he settled me, For in much enjoyment and delight, through the gifts of the Spirit, is the mind of the saints fed. As it is said in the Song of Songs, Eat and drink, and be inebriated, ye neighbors. But while there were many, and they were sitting down promiscuously, as we said before, he mentioned the men alone, passing over in silence the women and children profitably for the idea conveyed thereby. For he teaches us, as in a riddle, that to those who quit them as men, that is, in good, will the food be supplied by the Saviour more fittingly and specially, and not to those who are effeminate unto no good habit of life, nor yet to those who are infantile in understanding, so as to be thereby able to understand none of the things that are necessary to be known. 11. Jesus therefore took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to them that were set down, likewise of the fishes also as much as they would. He gives thanks, as an example to us and a pattern of the piety which ought to be in us, and attributes again as man the power of the miracle to the divine nature. For this was his custom, both helping by an example of piety, as we have said, those to whom he was manifested as a teacher of what is most excellent and by an economy concealing yet his god befitting dignity till the time of his passion should be at hand for it was his earnest care that it should be hid from the prince of this world for this reason doth he elsewhere too use words befitting men as a man and heals again the understanding of his hearers sometimes making most wise alluring as in the words father i thank thee that thou heardest me seest thou in how human guise his speech and well calculated to trouble the understanding of the more simple but when he says this as man then again he straightway unfolds the mode of the economy and the object of his will to lie hid by most excellent arrangement fortifying the mind of the more simple which had received a shock for i knew he saith that thou hearest me always why then dost thou speak these things because of the multitude which stood by i said it that they may believe saith he that thou sentest me is it not then hereby plain that with a view manifoldly to assist us and to fulfill, as befitted him, the secret economy with flesh, he sometimes speaks more lowly than he really is. As therefore in that passage, I thank thee, is taken economically, so here too. He blessed is understood of the bread. But we must observe that instead of gave thanks, Matthew has said, Blessed. But the addition of the saints will in no wise differ, for Paul will show that they are both one, saying that every meat of God is good, and nothing to be refused, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. But that which is sanctified through the prayer and supplication, which we are wont ever to make over the table, is surely blessed but since it is fit that nothing profitable be left uninvestigated by us come let us say a little of the five loaves which the lad had and of the two little fishes for both the species itself and besides the number are replete with mystery for why will some more studious persons say were not the loaves rather five and the fishes three why not five and the fishes four what occasion was there at all for recounting the number found and why did not he rather say more simply and absolutely that the innumerable multitude of them that followed him were fed off exceeding few chance things but the fact that the blessed evangelist recounted very diligently these things too gives us something surely to think of which we must needs search into he says then that the loaves are five and they of barley and the fishes too and with these christ feedeth them that love him and i think and let the lover of wisdom look out for something better that by the five barley loaves are signified the fivefold book of the all-wise moses that is the whole law bringing in as it were coarser food that by the letter in history for this the barley hints at but by the little fishes is signified the food got through the fishermen that is the more delicate books of the disciples of the saviour and these two, he says the apostolic and evangelic preaching shine forth among us and both these are drafts and spiritual writings of the fishermen the saviour therefore mingling the new with the old by the law and the teachings of the new testament nourishes the souls of them that believe on him unto life plainly eternal life that the disciples were a fisherman is i suppose plain and clear and though all were not so yet since there are some such among them our argument will not recede from truth in what has been said twelve thirteen when they were filled he saith unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. To some one Christ may seem out of sparing of the fragments to have bidden his disciples to gather them together. Yet I think every one will fitly imagine that christ would not endure to descend into such littleness and why say i christ not even one of us would do so for what would be supposed to be the remnant of five barley loaves but the verse has a great economy and makes the miracle evident to the hearers for so great is the efficacy of god befitting authority in this matter that not only was so great a multitude sated from five barley loaves and two little fishes but twelve baskets full of fragments were gathered besides moreover the miracle repelled another as is like suspicion and by the finding of the fragments confirmed the belief of there having been really and truly an abundance of food and not rather the appearance of a vision deceiving both the eye of the feasters and of those who minister to them but greater yet and more noteworthy and of exceeding profit to us is this consider how by this miracle he makes us most zealous in our desire to exercise hospitality most gladly well nigh calling aloud to us by the things that were done that the things of God shall not fail him that is ready to communicate, and rejoiceth in the habit of neighborly love, and readily fulfilleth what is written, Break thy bread to the hungry. For we find that the disciples at the beginning were hampered by reluctance about this, but seeing they were thus minded, the Saviour gave them a rich gathering from the fragments. And teacheth us too thereby, that we, on expending a little for the glory of God, shall receive richer grace, according to the saying of Christ. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall they give into your bosom. We must not be slothful, therefore, unto the communion of love to the brethren, but rather advance unto good resoluteness, And put as far as possible from us the cowardice and fear that dispose us to inhospitality, and confirmed in hope through faith in the power of God to multiply little things too, let us open our bowels to the needy, according to the appointment of the law. For he says, Thou shalt open thy bowels wide unto thy needy brother within thee. For when wilt thou be found merciful? If thou remainest hard in this life? When wilt thou fulfil the commandment? If thou sufferest the time of being able to do it to slip by in idleness? Remember the Psalmist saying, For in death there is none that remembereth thee, in the grave who shall confess to thee? For what fruit is there yet of the dead? or how shall one of them that have gone down into the pit remember god by fulfilling his commandments for god closed upon him as it is written therefore did the most wise paul to instruct us writing to certain while we have opportunity let us do good and these things shall be said for profit from the narrative but since we taking what has been said in a spiritual sense for so we ought, and not otherwise, said that by the five barley loaves the Book of Moses was hinted at, and by the two little fishes, the wise writings of the holy apostles. In the gathering together of the fragments, too, I suppose we ought to perceive some mystical and spiritual conception, agreeing with the order of the account. The Saviour then commanded the multitudes to sit down, and having blessed, he distributed the bread and the fishes that is to say through the ministry of the disciples but when they that had eaten were miraculously filled he commands them to gather together the fragments and twelve baskets are filled one it seems for each of the disciples for so many were they too what then shall we understand from thence save surely this and truly that christ is the president of them that believe on him and nourishes them that come to him with divine and heavenly food doctrines plainly of the law and prophets evangelic and apostolic but he does not altogether himself appear as the worker of these things but the disciples minister to us the grace from above for it is not they that speak as it is written but the spirit of the father which speaketh in them yet not without reward to the holy apostles shall be their labor therein for they having dispensed to us the spiritual food and ministered the good things of our saviour will receive richest recompense and obtain the fullest grace of bounty from god for this and nothing else i think is the meaning of the gathering together of a basketful by each at the commandment of christ After their toils and the service expended upon the feasters, but there is no doubt that after them the things typically signified will pass also to the rulers of the holy churches. End of chapter 4, part 2.